Hello and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast where we tell the stories of local business owners and Maine residents and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the links in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with jewelry designer and philanthropist Ebenezer Okokpo. Ebenezer's portfolio spans various mediums and processes. When combined with the visual language symbols or akindra symbols from his native Ghana, he presents a unique collection of ideas and creations. His jewelry-making passion led him to Florence, Italy, where he studied stone setting and jewelry design and also discovered the world of computer-aided design and manufacturing. He moved to the United States and studied metalsmithing and jewelry at the Maine College of Art in Portland and industrial design at Rochester Institute of Technology in Rochester, New York. In 2017, he founded the Akakpo Design Group in Maine, focusing on designing jewelry, apparel, and home accessories. Welcome to the show, Ebenezer. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Thank you. And I'm also honored to be here with you today. Thank um, you so much. We are, we're so excited. I was so excited about having you on the show because I, I am a big fan of your work. And, you know, one, one of the things that makes your story so compelling is that you started in a very different place from where you are now, both in occupation and geography. Can you tell us, you know, tell us how you became a jewelry maker? My story, it's a very long story, but I'm going to try to make it as concise as possible. <laughs> um, I wanted to follow it all. It's like, it's this is something I had to learn, you know, I, I had to learn how to tell my own story because it's very, mm. very difficult to tell the story sometimes since as an artist, we just focus on making, but mm. as far back as I can remember, I, in my teenage years, I knew that I want to follow the steps of my dad and I wanted mm. to do that because my dad was an architect. And I always get mesmerized using, like, doing technical drawing. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the fascinating thing is that we have to use, uh, you know, the H pencils. They're extremely light. So when, mm-hmm. you, when you scribe them on paper, it's extremely light. But then once you finish the construction lines and then you want to bring whatever you want people to see to life, that is when you darken the lines and then all of a sudden an, an object emerges. And to me, that was like, mm. whoa, that's so cool. Mm. So the interest of being an architect was my dad was very heightened because of also the drawing. And I love the technical part of it, you know. Um, it's like thinking of something and then bring it to life. That's how it all started. But then my high school... It's set up in such a way that you have the sciences and the technicals. So as a student mm-hmm. in that particular school, you get an opportunity to double in both worlds. And that also helps to give you an opportunity, like down the road in the future, to decide which direction you want to go. If you want to be a doctor, if you want to be an engineer, if you want to be an architect. So it gave that kind of diverse structure of profession to choose from. And when I completed my high school, my dad was like, no, we cannot all be architects. So he suggested that I should go into jewelry making. Mm-hmm. So by, by jewelry making, I had to start off as, a, as an apprentice, which I had no idea of. Like, I, had, I had no idea what it entailed. 
And mm. the first time I stepped foot in the jury space was when I realized that the experiences that I had already, I mean, some of the experiences that I had already gathered from my high school was what I could use to create stuff, which mm. I thought was very, very interesting. Mm. Yeah, so it, it yeah. opened a new world for me that I had mm. to explore and I'm still exploring. That is so cool. Wow. Did, did I answer now, the question? <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I, my question, my follow-up question to that is, what was that like for you emotionally? You know, because you, you you said that you wanted to follow in your father's footsteps and, you know, and him saying, you know, we all can't be architects. Like, how did that feel in the moment? And, and how do you, how has that changed over the years when you look back at that? So I think, okay, I'm going to tell you that story in two parts. The first part is... <laughs> When my, you know, at that time, we, we give respect to the elder, the elderly mm-hmm. meaning your parents. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a social structure, but the way the structure, the way our social structure, I don't know, is structured, is that mm-hmm. you have to pay respect to the elderly. And he's the one paying for the school fees and everything else. So we, mm-hmm. we um, there is a saying, Emma winning, tra winning tongue. You know, you don't you don't allow your eyelashes to supersede your eyebrows or no, the other way around. <laughs> because <laughs> because one of them, one of them came before you and the elderly came before us. So the elderly is considered to be to be knowledgeable about the world. So mm-hmm. when they tell you this is the direction you need to go, you don't argue with them. You just go through with mm-hmm. it because they, we 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 believe that the elderly know more. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yes, so yes. by him telling me that, you know, and then on plus that is my dad. I'm not gonna argue mm-hmm. with him because I figured, well, one, he's the one who's gonna pay for it. Secondly, he knows best. He knows mm-hmm. what is good for me. So I don't mm-hmm. think he's gonna lead me astray. Now, the second part of it is um Actually, this year, past 15 July, would have been 10 years since my dad passed away. And on his 75th birthday, I happened to be in Ghana. So I woke up very early morning. This is the second part, actually. So I woke up early morning and I went to him to wish him happy birthday, you know, to wish him happy birthday uh, in the morning. And then I asked him two questions. The first question was, if he were to do things differently, what would he do differently? Like if you were given the opportunity to do everything all over again, what will he change? And then he said, nothing. Because mm-hmm. what God has written about him to do is exactly what he did. Wow. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. So then my second question was, why did he ask me to go study jewelry making instead of following in his steps to be an architect? And then he partially blamed me. <laughs> so he was like, well, <laughs> he was like, well, you live in the U.S., right? Do I live there with you? I said, no. He said, okay, so if you had really wanted to be an architect, you would have been an architect. And I was like, oh, but I thought I was respecting you as my dad. Do you understand? And then he also yeah. followed yeah. by saying, well, at a time when he suggested I should go into jewelry making. It was because at the time, architects had to depend on the government for big projects. Mm -hmm. 
And whenever there is a change in government, it affects the payment structure. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want me to go through that because it's, it's very, very difficult for them to pay their workers when the government does not follow through on projects that they've already agreed on. Mm. You know, so he didn't want me to go through that. He wanted me to be my own boss. He wanted me to have control of my mm. my own destiny. And that was yeah. part of the reason why he thought going into jewelry making with the with the experience that he thought I had or the mm-hmm. the potential that he thought I had, it would be better for me to go that route. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. That's, that's and actually amazing. we we might need to have you come in and explain this to our daughter at some point when we're <laughs> when we're helping fund school. That that whole pay respect to the elders thing, we we might call in a favor. That's, yes. I'm just saying. A lot of parents could use you. Cuz you explained oh it so well. Yeah, you explained it so well. So uh, your website says uh, you have a story, wear it. How, yes. do, how does that tie into the symbols that you use in your designs? I love that. So it's actually um, the taglines is actually um, a work in progress as well. Mm-hmm. I think I've come to a point where I believe that whenever, when they, say, when they say work hard, I think when people tell you work hard, I don't think it really means just keep working hard, but I think it means that Whilst you are working hard, the angels around you, they see your struggle. And for me, I see it, I see it more like a video game, right? Where you're playing a video game, you're trying, you're trying so hard to get to the next level, and then, and then you get help. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then they mm-hmm. throw a bone at you, like, okay, take this one. That's going to help you to go to the next level. And the tagline has been that, has been that way. Like, I've been trying mm-hmm. for so long to figure out what kind of tagline to use. Just this past mm-hmm. weekend, I actually used a different tagline, which said, uh, ah. gift differently, gift mm-hmm. with meaning. Mm-hmm. You see? So it's like, it's something that I'm, I'm playing around with because I've realized that anytime I'm doing shows and I explain to people what I'm doing or the, the idea behind what I do, the first thing that jumps to mind is for them to think of somebody else, not even themselves. They're always thinking, oh, okay, mm. oh, my, my cousin is going through hardship. Uh, I have a friend who just had cancer or my friend who is um, going through um, uh, chemo. You know, like you, I keep hearing these stories, mm. you know, and, and, and so, so it's one of those things that I'm playing around with the taglines, trying to figure it out, like trying to figure out what works. So at a time when I said you have a story, where it's like the pieces have stories in them. The stories comes from the symbols. Now, the mm-hmm. symbols that I use to create the patterns disappears in the pattern. So mm-hmm. if you have no idea what it is, it looks like a beautiful piece, right? Mm-hmm. But once you get to know that there is a story behind it, which I think it is uh, peculiar to the individual. The interesting thing about that, I don't know if this is philosophical, but it is my own philosophy. I realized that, and this is something that, I, it was like an ex- experimentation that I was doing on Congress Street one day. And as I was walking to, to class, to, ma- to main college of arts, the people that I kept meeting on the road, I was like, wow, I have the power to bring them into my world. Hmm. which means that I have the power to extend myself to them and say, hey, my name is Ebenezer. What is your name? 
and to bring them into my world by me trying to know them and them trying to know me. That to mm-hmm. me is a very powerful thing. Yes. And, and I, I see, so over the years, I've come to realize that that is what I'm actually making. Like what, when you look at my piece or when somebody works my work, they know the meaning, which means that the individual walking down the streets, they have their own story. But they are going to make the decision, a conscious decision, to share that story with you or not to. And I also realized that we have friends and we also have friends. All right. So we have friends that we talk about food. We have a friend that we talk about clothing. We have a friend that we talk about school. But out of all those friends, we have one friend that will know everything about everything that the other friends know. Mm-hmm. All right. Which means that we decide to share which part of our story we want to share at any given time. And that mm-hmm. to me is very unique. And that is what I try to apply in the pattern creation. Does that make That's sense? Cool. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, number one, both of those taglines are great because I think I, I can see where you would change it up because you want it to be, you know, thinking outwardly but also you know it is like you were saying there the pattern can kind of get lost in the in the design until you learn what it is and then that person shares what it is and what it means to them and things like that yeah but also that idea of of like you're saying welcoming other people in and and thinking of others Mm -hmm. and and that that idea of 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 thinking of others in terms of a gift yes which i think comes much more naturally to some people and unfortunately i am not one of those people who think in terms of gifts kim is very much a gift giver and i'm i have to i act have to work at it really hard because that's not my first instinct but i'll i'll think about the meaning behind the meaning behind the meaning of something Mm -hmm. in a heartbeat Mm -hmm. let me let me go ahead and overthink something and i'll be i'll be good for a half hour just sitting in a corner letting the wheels turn so (laughs) so i i think that can both of those working together kind of appeal to both sides of uh, uh, you know of people's nature Uh, yeah so i think that's really really interesting that you you're kind of approaching it from both of those sides for sure yeah Uh, you know um just to add to what you just said like Imagine thinking you are, you're just an ordinary artist and you are creating work. And then mm-hmm. you go to do a show. And for the first time, that was when I started making my goblets because I realized that a lot of people make jewelry. So people will kind of be like, oh, I already have an earring. Why do I need an extra earring? But because of my experience also as an industrial designer and opportunities that I had when I did an internship in Taiwan, I started thinking of how to diversify what I create. So imagine creating this goblet and then somebody, a lady walks into your booth and said, oh, so what do you do? And then I explained to her that I use symbols from my native country, Ghana, to create patterns. And then I apply the patterns to my work. And then I said, oh, then she said, oh, I don't wear jewelry. And I said, oh, by the way, I'm going to show you this. I don't know how you feel about it, but I just made this last night. And this was from a, a pattern with a symbol of hope. Mm-hmm. When I took it out, without even explaining, she, this lady saw hope and she just grabbed the, my, uh, the goblet oh, from wow. me. So out of curiosity, I was like, why, why, why do you want this? Why this particular symbol? And then she looked at me square in the face and said, I lost my husband last month. Wow. And then she started crying. And I said wow. to her, the symbol hope means that God is in the heavens listening to our prayers. That is way beyond I me. I need some tissues. 
I need some tissues. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that just hit me. It's you know? so amazing how how yeah. these how stuff can just have that extra meaning to people. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And it's just it is so like visceral. It's just it you don't yeah. think about it. It just yeah. happens. And it's just yeah. something you've created. Yeah, it's that's that's absolutely beautiful. So can you tell us, you know, what is what is your design process like? And you have a path, you know, you have a path, you follow when making a new piece, is or is it each um, is each one a new journey? You know, is is it, you know, I, I'm going to follow this path or is it just this journey that you're on? Um, I think once again, when they say when you want to, when you want to make a journey, it starts with one, the first step, right? And I think mm-hmm. my, my design process is the same way. Like, I used to think that I have to be in control of the design process. But I've also come to realize that I have to allow the design process to lead me or to guide me. Mm. And yeah, like that. that has been the case of, uh, and it, it all depends on what I'm creating. Like I'll be making, let's say, I'll be designing for a coaster and then it will click. And I realized that the way I designed the same symbol or the way I created the same pattern for an earring it's actually better for me to use the process that I'm using for the coasters, for the earrings, and for the earrings for the coasters. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's very interesting the way, the way sometimes it happens. So I used to fight the process, but I've also come to understand that I have to let the process guide me. And mm-hmm. most of the time, it will start with a sketch or it will start with me dreaming. So in my mind, I'm creating this pattern. And then most cases, I've come to also realize that the biggest mistake that I was making was trying to use a symbol to create a pattern. But I've realized that Mm -hmm. using the negative space of the symbol helps Mm -hmm. me to create what I want to create. And in the process, the symbol comes out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's a matter of, like you say, the letting the process work and mm-hmm. and just kind of letting letting the thing be what it kind of wants to be, which is a really weird thing when it's like, oh no, I'm creating it. Like, well, but you know, a lot of writers I've heard, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, this character wanted to do this. Yeah. Well, so you're you're writing the character. You invented the amount of thin air. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. this is this is what the character wanted to do, and this is the story they wanted to tell, and it just sort of. It, you have to listen to it and and just kind of follow it sometimes and i yeah i think that's so, that's so beautiful that way. the way you put it yeah and uh, and by the way if if anyone wants to see what these these symbols are that we're talking about go to uh, uh ebenezer's website which i will link in the show notes and and they're they're beautiful in in just by themselves Absolutely. but then just actually see the the, the patterns story. and the designs that you make from them is, is something that it just kind of blows Absolutely my mind amazing. when yeah. i see it yeah. but you you use uh metal wood and plastics in your pieces do you have a favorite material to work with or is it just sort of like whatever do you go through phases or is it just whatever seems to work best for the project um so <laughs> my life is just stories you know <laughs> everything i say i think is stories <laughs> it's made up of stories mm-hmm. so prior to attending um rit rochester institute of technology by the way i told myself, and this was when I was doing, um, I, I was a contract jeweler for Zales. I told myself, I'm not going to make anything in silver and I'm not going to make anything in brass or copper or anything less than that. Everything that I have to do will mm-hmm. have to be gold or platinum. Mm-hmm. And then I went to RIT and 
in that same building on our first floor is a wood department, mm. like furniture. And I became friends with one of the guys who uh, I think at the time was a senior. And I was amazed that this guy, it's almost like when he takes the plane to plane the piece of work that he's working on, it's like every single layer that he takes off, to him, it's like treating gold. Mm. And I was like, I, 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 I did not understand why, I mean, in my mind, it's just wood. So why are you mm -hmm. treating wood as if it is gold? Mm -hmm. That's what I asked the guy. And then he said, I have taken it from the earth and I'm repurposing it. So I need to treat it with ultimate respect. Mm. That is what also changed my life in regards to respecting the type of material that I use for my work. So over the years, I, give, I try to give the same amount of respect that I give to gold or platinum, to wood, to brass, to plastic, and to felt. Mm. But they also all serve different purposes. And you have people who like specific products not because of the, not because of the design, but because of the material. Mm -hmm. So that is what I begin to see. And I try to give each material that I use in my process the same respect that I would give if it was gold or platinum. That's awesome. Mm. That's such a powerful story. There's so many stories in just in just that and just what you just said. Yeah, yeah. There, it's just it's powerful. Well, it's, if you listen to someone who works with wood, or, or well, I mean, and you can, you know, I'm sure a sculptor who works with marble or mm -hmm. or whatever would would say the same thing that you if you work with a material on a daily basis and yeah. you and, and and like Ebenezer said you you really give it the respect that it is due there is beauty in every little bit Absolutely. just waiting for you to to notice yeah mm -hmm. you know like you, sure. you listen to people who work with wood and when they talk about different you know there's a plank of wood there and you're like oh that's a plank of wood they're like no no you have you don't understand look at the grain look at the yes. texture look at this yep. look at that this yep. tree and they can tell they're like this tree was 300 years old or, or yep. you know things like that and it, and you you don't think about that if you're not in that and then you you listen you're like oh wow that's i've got chills listening to yeah, that I, I had chills it's such a passion that goes into that yeah yeah it it's yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing, you know? So can you, tell us, can you tell us about the Better Watermaker Project and what that's about and how people can be part of that? So with the, the, Better, Water Pro, uh, the Better Water Maker Project, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it all started off when I was in, once again, when I was in RIT. But before I went to RIT, I had this mindset that I was only going to design extremely high luxury products. I didn't care about anything else. There was uh, a company called Vetu, and they make, at the time, they were making like $50,000 cell phones. And I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, but prior to that, I also wanted to specialize in computer-aided uh, computer design and manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And I felt like RIT was the place for me. And I felt like RIT would be the place to give me the resources and the experience that I needed to be able to create this luxury products. Mm -hmm. So everything I thought about at the time was about luxury. And then uh, we had a class trip to the Cooper Hewitt 
I think it's called the Smithsonian Museum in New York. And at the time, they had a show uh, designing for the 90% of the world population. And mm-hmm. out of curiosity, I was like, okay, what does this mean? And then we entered the space, and that was the first time I saw a live straw. It's just like uh, about one inch in diameter uh, straw built with built-in filters that mm-hmm. uh, if you happen to be camping or being like uh, someplace in the developing country where the water is not safe to drink, all you need to do is just grab that live straw drop it in there, pipe the hell out of it, and then drink the water. And, you know, there were other technologies that were presented, but all was to aid developing countries. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so why 90%? And they were like, because the, 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 the 90% of the world population are considered to be poor or they live in poverty. So all these luxury design products only target 10% of the world population. With that in mind, after the show, on our way back to Rochester, I started thinking of, okay, so when I was growing up, there were issues that at the time I thought, ah, if I had like a magic wand, I could fix. And I started thinking, okay, bringing, like going, dialing myself back into that, those moments, how can I use design as a tool to solve some of these problems? So I started going through a series of problems that when I was a kid, I experienced. And one of them was like we have public transportation and every time there is an accident, a lot of people die or a lot of people get hurt or injured. And it did not occur to me that, uh, and this was now going back to the U.S., the first time I owned mm-hmm. a car in the U.S., I had a puncture tie. Like, one of my ties got bad. And when I mm-hmm. took it to the uh, to be fixed, they were like, I, I, in my mind, I have to just replace one tire. They were like, no, 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 no. You need to replace both tires. I'm like, what do you mean? It's just one tire that's gone bad. That's busted, right? They're like, no. Mm-hmm. That it has to be the same brand for the front and the same brand for the back. And they, have to, they can be diff- two different brands, but they have to be the same speed rated. So this was like, whoa, how many people in my country knows this? Or even in developing countries know about this? Because we are mm. getting used tires from all over the world, from Germany, from Japan, from America, everywhere, right? And a lot mm-hmm. of people would just go and buy one tire because that's what they need. So do, mm-hmm. are people educated about this? So I wanted to create a, a system to help educate people on that thing. So that became one of my problems. The second problem mm-hmm. was plastic pollution. We don't have, I mean, now we do, but we still do uh, sachet water. So instead of having water in bottles, one of the economical way of selling water is putting water in, in plastic bags, which are sealed. Mm-hmm. And when people finish drinking, they just chuck it in the gutters or they just throw it down the, the, the ground. And then it finds, the plastic finds its way into the gutters. When it rains, mm-hmm. it creates flood. It also it becomes a, habit, a, a place for mosquitoes to breed. So that was Mm -hmm. my second problem. And then my third problem was water. So then I figured, okay, maybe the water will be the best choice to go with. So that's how the water project started. So I actually made a trip to Monroe Waterworks in Rochester, New York. I went through the plant to see how the process from, you know, from beginning to end. So from, from from the lake all the way down to people's homes, how it works. 
So that my mm-hmm. my my goal was how can I shrink that process into a tabletop project or into a tabletop mm. water filtration system uh, mm-hmm. for developing countries. So whilst I was thinking about that, my head of department thought it was a very good idea. But there was this other company called B9 Plastic that were also doing something similar. And the owner of the company, his name is uh, Bob Bechtold. So Bob Bechtold at the time will pay his, his engineers to, like, you know, to, he will pay them on their free time to do something that can help humanity. And because Mr. Bob Bechtold mm-hmm. is very good at that. Like, he, he really, he's all about what can I do to sustain this world, mm-hmm. you know? So when he also heard about what I was doing, we had a meeting and we realized that, or I realized that there was a lot of uh, cross-pollination, but because mm-hmm. they had the money and the technical ability to bring some of these things to life, I started focusing more on the human factor and the, making sure that the system actually works. So that's how mm-hmm. I came, you know, started working with them. Like started, I don't want to say like maybe partnering, yeah. So I started partnering and, I was able to take the UV system that they had already started working on. So I took that UV system with me to Ghana to do field studies, which they had not done at the time. So I did the field studies. I did the testing, making sure that it actually eradicated E. coli, salmonella. And then I was also thinking of how to make it presentable to people, Mm -hmm. to the homes. Uh, I started thinking of the different tiers where how do you design for people in the village versus people in the city? versus mm. somebody who can actually use it to make to make money. So I was thinking about the right. three different tiers. And then right. I was thinking of color. I was thinking of easy way to, to, to use a system. I was also thinking of the the breakables and how to fix that, how to how to change material. So it was it was a very, very, very interesting and fun project. Um, mm. I still work with them on it. Uh, I'm not hands on like I used to because uh, Mr. Bobecto's daughter took over. But what happened was that when I was doing the testing on the field, I was also asking people if they would like to buy it. And I realized that most of the people were more interested in buying a cell phone than buying a UV unit that's going to save their lives. And it also mm-hmm. boils down to me doing a presentation to, uh, to UNICEF. And I remember one of the guys telling me, this UNICEF in Ghana, and I remember one of the, the guys who was present at the, during my presentation who was like, well, it's a very good product, but good luck, you know, convincing the people in the villages to buy it because they're going to tell you that their great grandfathers and, you know, like live to be 90 years old. So they don't see the importance of purchasing or investing in such a system. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, but the UV is actually going to help them to, you know, it will help us cutting down trees. Because mm-hmm. we are not cutting down trees to boil the water. You have a UV system that's actually... So I'm looking at it from a different point of view, but they're also looking at it from a different point of view. So I decided yeah. to add that part of structure into my design, whereby I was asking people. And then there were about 90% of the people were like, yeah, if we get it for free, we like it. And that was when the jewelry making kicked in again. So then at mm-hmm. that point, I was like, okay, we have these symbols. I've been thinking about how to use the symbols in a you know, in a unique and innovative way. Most of the people are wearing plastic earrings, but the earrings they're wearing are geometrical shapes and colored. 
So what if I take the color, I take the material, which is the, the plastic, and then I combine it with the symbols to make earrings. Then mm -hmm. they're going to buy something that they're familiar with. And then 70% of that proceeds, it's going to go to provide the UV system to a family that needs it. That's so that becomes a win-win situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's how, fantastic. yeah. Go ahead. That is great. I mean, that's I like, that's like going from, that is using every single tool that you have in your toolbox. Yeah. To, yes. Like that, to that entire process. That is, that is amazing. I yes. need to go buy some earrings. <laughs> I'm going to go start my Christmas shopping. Yes. <laughs> Well, it was great up until that moment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go start Christmas shopping. I'm going to make my list. I'm kidding. I actually saw stuff on there where I'm like, that's awesome. I, but I can't wear it. And, <laughs> yeah. um, well, that's, that's, why I have the, that's why I have the goblets and the water bottles and, and the coasters yes. and See? the trivets. I know. There I love we it. go. Now I'm, now I'm in. Now I'm, <laughs> I, I thought I was going to escape. Now I'm in. Yes. So one of the things that we always like to ask, uh, because we are kind of uh, inspiration junkies, is uh, well, how do you how do you define success? Wow, that's a very good question. How do I define success? Somebody asked me the last uh, I think about two weeks ago during a craft show, and the question was, "How did you do today?" And I told them, even if one only one person came and bought my work because they appreciate what I did, mm -hmm. I think I have succeeded. It's mm. fantastic. Mm. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. And yeah, when you, it's sometimes I think success can be, people can get a little too big picture with success. That's a, that is a great view of, of, of kind of a very simple definition and a very simple step to overcome in that way it's to me it's not lowering of a standard it's like well do you enjoy what you do okay well then absolutely great yeah, you, yeah. You, boom there it is yeah so we always like to ask this question too and it's and it's something that we feel like we we feel like we learn a lot through this who or what inspires you <laughs> another another good question so my inspiration i'll say has been more like a wavelength. It goes up and down, right? Mm -hmm. And it went from me thinking I want to, you know, like me, me loving what I'm doing and creating mm -hmm. something just because somebody likes it. Mm -hmm. And then to, okay, now I'm going to create something because I want to make money. Mm -hmm. Then it went to, I want to create something because I want to help. Mm -hmm. But lately it has come down to the point where I've realized that what is inspiring me is beyond what I am making. Because mm -hmm. as much as I think I'm the one in control, I don't think I am. I think mm -hmm. I am just being a channel or a vessel mm -hmm. presenting to the world something that I've been ordered to do. Mm -hmm. And that is what I'm doing. So mm -hmm. the person who buys from me is the one that completes the story. That's awesome. So that is, That's yeah. great. I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. You're using the gifts that you've been given to really change the world. A step at a time. It's not easy, yep. though. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it very, never is. Very, it never is. Yeah. Very few things that are worthwhile are easy. You that know, is true. That's, but, but that's also I mean, the beauty and the, 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 the feeling of success afterwards. Yeah. Like, I mean, yesterday, I happened to be in Boston. We got my, my, uh, my cousin's husband, uh, Emmanuel 
who has been very instrumental in growing this business. Like he's always with me when we're doing shows, traveling to New York and Boston and back and forth. Mm-hmm. And because I did the uh, the Portland Fine Craft Show on Saturday, mm-hmm. he held the fourth down in Boston, and then yesterday, and I happened to go there a little bit later. When I got there, he was like, "Oh, you know, this lady came and bought uh, an earring. She bought a greatness earring, and she said the last time she was buying something, I told her because she was asking me what which of the symbols do I think." suits her and I said greatness and then she said it worked it's <laughs> <laughs> awesome so she came back and she wanted to buy greatness earring you know and I was like what you know so I think sometimes we say things that maybe at the moment that's what we're supposed to say you know yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. or somebody comes and like so you remember the story I was telling about the hope about the the goblet? Yes. 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 Another lady yeah. comes and buys something about hope. And I said, why? And she said, oh, my daughter lives in Brunswick. She's she's had four miscarriages. Is that three or, mis- three or four miscarriages? And I want to give her hope. Oh, mm. that's awesome. You know, yeah. I mean, and then people come in, oh, my, my friend is going through chemo. My friend had cancer. I want to give her a coaster so that anytime she sets up her glass on it, she remembers that, you know, she's not alone. That's it's, awesome. That's going to be know. inspiring to you. I'm just doing my part. Yes, I'm doing my part. Yeah. 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 Well, it's it's always an. It, I think there's a there's a certain level of kind of honor or a certain level of just this this overwhelming feeling of gratitude when when people are are open enough and kind enough to share their story with Mm. you and 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 to be able to receive that and to be part to then kind of be part of the story even if it's kind of in a peripheral ways is a bit of an honor so and 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 of course we're very honored that you've decided that you decided to share some of your stories with us and thank you so much you know thank you for for being on the show with us uh we certainly appreciate it and i will have links to uh your website of course and all the social media pages as well so that folks can can look at those and uh, people can order things right through your website correct yes please okay so Place your orders. Place your and orders, look at all people. of those because it, it is it is absolutely gorgeous. And this is yes. coming from someone who, honestly, I am not a jewelry person. Even for a guy, I uh, am. And Kim will attest right now. The the wedding ring that I have is titanium. I got it <laughs> yeah. specifically oh, because yeah. it was cheap and I couldn't break it. Those are my two. Per- <laughs> those are the. And yeah. it was actually more like I just want something I can't break. Can I get one yeah. of those? Yeah. And uh, and they were like, oh, we've got something for you. Actually, <laughs> so actually, if there's a symbol that speaks to you, I can put some designs on it on the inside for you oh, oh there I we like go that. yeah See, yeah. And yeah it'll it'll help class up this this little yes. just silverish looking thing <laughs> yeah uh, but we will be we will be talking ebenezer no even, even for someone like me who isn't a jewelry person these are absolutely gorgeous yeah absolutely yeah. And, it's a it's work and, of art it really is truly yeah. art uh, yeah. Truly, an art form, and we're we're excited that you, again. Thank you for being here, and just excited to help share your story. Yeah, no, and we wish I, you further success, and and just going forward, just more more and more stories for you to to share with other people, and to for them to share their stories with you as well. Absolutely. Yes, please. And I also want to say thank you so much for your time, and for this opportunity to to spread my wings a little bit. 
Absolutely. <laughs> well, have a happy birthday. Oh, You're here on your birthday, so happy yeah. birthday yes. again happy to you. Happy birthday. Yes. And thank you Our again. Our lives are filled with stories, so it's good. So thank you. 